Pastor Xavier Reese, finding the strength amid the strains of division. We must always remember the words of Jesus to Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. Here's the key. And the gates of hell will not prevail against you. If we are obedient, if we are mature, if we are responsible, when we look to God and depend upon His enabling, trust the Word of God, He will protect His church. You understand? But if we're negligent, we will be casualties. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. This simple truth from Paul to the believers at Rome takes on an interesting twist as it was an essential caution for attempts at dividing the church, but not from threats of the unchurched, but from offenses from within the church. Pastor Xavier closes our series in the book of Romans with strategies for maintaining a pure church fellowship that will weather the storms within. Romans chapter 16, we're going to look at verses uh, 17 through 20. And the message is entitled, People of Divisions and Offenses. Paul hated with a righteous anger and speaks in the strongest terms to those who would dare to cause divisions. But what a great message for us. Whether you come to this church or you go to another church, hopefully you'll be there to build up the body of Jesus Christ and to jump in the trenches and not simply to be a critic. Hopefully you're a servant of Christ and not a servant of your own self. This is a very strong warning and exhortation that he gives to the Romans. Let me read here. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrines which you learn and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve the Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience has become known to all. Therefore I am glad in your behalf. But I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And so the command of Paul regarding those who cause troubles, dissensions in the body is characterized by the following. First, verse 17, the command against divisive people. Look at verse 17. The command of the Apostle Paul is based on a loving plea. Don't miss it. Now I urge you, brethren, Paul requests the Romans to take heed to this important warning. The command of Paul identifies two groups of people. These individuals who are the source of the danger, those who are more interested in themselves than the unity and harmony of those in the church. These individuals cause divisions. Divisions means dissensions and seditions that bring about disunity again to the body of Christ at the expense of the harmony of the body. It's all about them. Notice they are to be avoided if they do not repent. That's the implication. Someone that repents and is restored and is corrected, then they're back in fellowship. But if they continue in the same attitude and word and indeed, in opposition to the unity and the harmony of sound teaching, they're to be avoided. The condemnation of these individuals by the Apostle Paul is due to the fact that they serve the fallen nature of man but their own bellies. The phrase, their own bellies, is used figuratively to indicate the soulish or the carnal aspect of man. 
the evil heart of man. These individuals serve their own desires. They serve their own sensual appetites, envy, jealousy, dissension, backbiting. They serve their own will, being self-will and an authority in and of themselves by smooth words and flattering speeches. Smooth words, that phrase means fair speaking in such a way to give an appearance and a similitude of goodness. Flattering words. This phrase means to speak well. A fine discourse, polished language, if you will. But here it's in a bad sense because it's being deceptive. Amazing. Notice the condemnation of these individuals by the Apostle Paul due to the fact that their goal is to destroy the faith of believers. Listen to the words. Deceive the heart of the simple. Paul clearly stated their purpose and plan to deceive. The word deceive means to seduce, to beguile or to lead out of the right way into error, appearing five times in the New Testament. The word is used of deceitfulness of sin nature, which slew Paul in Romans 7, 11. The word is used of warning against man's deceptions in 1 Corinthians 3, 18 and 2 Thessalonians 2, 3. The word is used of the serpent's deceit of Eve in 2 Corinthians 11, 3. Deceit. Men deceive women all the time with the very same thing, smooth words and flattery speeches. When you go fishing, you deceive the fish. You're telling them you have a worm for them, but you've got a hook hidden. That's where the word comes from, to baiting, deception. Paul qualifies the believer to be their target, the heart of the simple. The heart of the simple. The phrase indicates the believer in this context. Simple means harmless, without guile, without fraud, innocent, free of guilt, fearing no evil, brothers, distrusting no one, naive. They've come to Christ, they just believe everything, or maybe they've never been in the world to a great extent, they just believe the best of people, and you know, like W.C. Fields said, there's a sucker born every day, you know what I mean? And people are, are treacherous. Please don't ever exclude yourself from this. If you don't walk in the spirit, you will walk in the flesh. And the things that you might think, I would never do, you are so wrong. You just walk away from Christ. You just keep walking in the flesh. You'll be amazed at the things you will do. Especially in a permissive society that promotes immorality. Permissiveness. Dishonesty. Lying. Ungodliness. You guys remember Absalom. He stole the hearts of the men of Israel through smooth and flattering words. Second Samuel 15, 4 and 6, it says, your case is good. He's there at the, at the gate of the city where the judges hear cases. Your case is good and right, but there is no deputy of the king to hear you. David was being negligent. And so Absalom went down there. He says, oh, that I were made judge in the land 
and everyone who had a suit or cause would come to me, then I, I would give him justice. Ooh, and he stole the hearts of the people. Don't ever underestimate evil. Never. The faithful are those who are faithful to those who are in error. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, deceitful the kisses of the enemy, Proverbs 27, 6. It could be over a doctrinal issue, Calvinism. There's people that, you know, they just get on that kick, and, 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 and since they don't, they don't believe that you can be saved unless you're predestined, they're afraid to evangelize, so what they do, they try to convince Christians to become Calvinists. And it's a never-ending story. Be careful. Don't get sucked in. It could be regarding the rapture. Some people say, well, is it pre? Is it mid? Is it post? Is it what? Hey, the Bible says God has not appointed us to wrath, but to salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is it that you don't understand? He's going to come back for us. Then we're going to return with him. What is it that's not clear? It could be about church discipline. They have their own agenda, kind of like the worldly model. Let me let you in a big secret. The church is not a democracy. <laughs> it's run by God and his word. It's important to know that. You remember, Elam as a sorcerer sought to turn away the deputy Sergius Paulus from the faith. And he sought to obtain the Holy Spirit by profit. And therefore, he was seeking to pervert the right way of the Lord, Paul says, and he called blindness upon him in Acts 13, verse 6 down to 12. You child of the devil. Strong words. Jesus declared the severity of offenses to those who bring them in Luke 17, 1. He said, then he said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offense should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. Woe means warning. You're not on a horse. Woe, warning. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Woe to you, hypocrites. Paul did not hesitate to damn the Judaizers in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 through 9. He says twice, let him be anathema, the strongest word damnation in the Greek. Well, that's too strong. That's too judgmental. That's not loving. That's the most loving thing you can do. What are you talking about? The one who can be deceived is the believer, not the non-believer. The non-believer is deceived, remember? All the warnings in Scripture about deception is to the Christian, not to the non-Christian. The non-Christian is already deceived and lost. Listen to 2 Timothy 2, 24 through 26. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, humility correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. People who are not Christians are deceived. You don't warn them about deception. You warn them about repentance. You warn the believer to not be deceived. People that know the truth are the ones that can be deceived. We're told that those who teach contrary to doctrine and they use wholesome words, of, uh, they're not bent towards that. They're full of pride. 1 Timothy 6, 3 through 5, If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the doctrine which accords to, with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reviling, 
evil suspicions, useless wranglings of men, corrupt minds, that's through the truth, and suppose that godliness is the means of gain from such withdraw yourself. We've got a whole section of the church that teaches that if you really have faith and if you're a Christian, then you'll be wealthy and you'll never be sick. Health and wealth. Nab it and grab it. Paul says, get away from them. The condemnation against this vice of people is strong. Very strong. Notice third and last, 19 and 20. The confidence here of the Apostle Paul is declared first from human, the human side. There's always two sides. Verse 19 says here, Paul stated his confidence on their obedience based on their past faithfulness. Don't miss it. For your obedience has become known to all. The word obedience means to be compliant to what they've heard, the word of God. Their obedience indicating that they serve the Lord Jesus Christ, not their own belly like the troublemakers. Paul stated, notice, he commends them for their faithfulness. And that's always to be so. When your children do something, you you commend them. Very important. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf, he says. So Paul took personal delight and joy for the Romans by hearing of their example of what? Being believers. Example. How great it is when you see people that are mature example, light to the kingdom. John the Beloved in 3 John 4 says, I have no greater pleasure or joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. What greater joy do you have as a parent for your children to grow up and get educated or be hard workers and to be givers to society and, and be benevolent and be godly people rather than being takers and people that just destroy? How much more in the Lord? Paul stated his counsel for their present and ongoing faithfulness, which is twofold. But I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. Both are necessary. Paul wanted the Romans to be wise concerning good. We've got, talked about this word before, agathos. That means that which is constitutionally good in nature. It is salutary, it's excellent, it's honorable. So all that that's going to come from God, all that that's in the word of God for our good. The desire was that they be constantly growing and seeking to manifest that which is beneficial for the body of Christ. That's the context. I'm here for you. You're here for me. This hand has never served itself in the 61 years that I've known it just about. It served the rest of my body. That's the illustration. You're here for others. The implication being that what is good is not contrary to doctrine. The doctrine they had learned. But confirms it. In fact, he'll finish with amen, confirming what he has just said. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, Proverbs 1, 7 and 9, 10 says. That means the foundation and the first step. The fear of the Lord. And the one thing that these people lose is they lose the fear of the Lord. Notice Paul wanted them also to be simple concerning evil. Both are necessary. The word simple here means unmixed, pure as wine or metals. And of the mind. Without a mixture of evil, free from guile and innocent. The desire was that they be constantly unattached from evil in word, thought, or deed by turning away from it, the evil, and not seeking it. That's a decision that you and I make every day. I am bombarded with stuff all day long from the minute I get up. I have to bring my thoughts in captivity, 2 Corinthians 10.5. It's been said that you can't stop birds from flying over your head, but you certainly can stop them from making a nest on it, right? 
Everybody gets bad thoughts, dirty thoughts, vengeful thoughts. Welcome to the club. But what are you going to do with them? You can do something about it. So notice the confidence of the Apostle Paul has declared second from the divine side. Both of them. Don't exclude one over the other. You have the human side, responsibility. Now you have divine side, accountability. Paul identifies the source of their victory. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The title God of peace is appropriate. So appropriate here. The problem with these troublemakers in the church was disunity and disrupting harmony between the people of God. The word peace, irene, comes from the root word to join together, implying something previously fractured, now put together. So the implication being that God is the one that brings unity, and he would restore the tranquility and the harmony to the church. God is faithful to his church. But remember, we have our part to do, looking to him, obeying him. We do not create unity. Ephesians 4.3 says, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. It is God's Spirit that creates unity. We disrupt it. God creates the unity. Notice the reference is a direct allusion to the source of the problem, Satan. The serpent is the enemy of God. He will oppose everything that is of God. The proclamation was made by God, if you remember, in Genesis 3.15. The ultimate victory would come through the virgin birth of Jesus Christ, the seed of the woman, the Messiah. Satan works through individuals to disrupt and destroy the harmony and effectiveness in church life, in family life, anywhere where God wants to reign. The practical implication is that God would empower and enable them in their obedience, notice, towards those who cause divisions and offenses. We are not sufficient in ourselves. We have our part to be responsible, but we're looking to God in that enablement. The crushing of Satan under his feet refers to the final coming of Christ when he will bind Satan, as you know, and bind him for a thousand years in the pit, the bottomless pit, the abuso, Revelation 20, verse 1 through 3. The word crush means to break in pieces, to tread down in the ideas of conquering Satan and disrupting his work. And so Paul indicated the source of the sufficiency of their victory. He did it as he opened the epistle. He does it towards the end again. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Grace, charis, God's unmerited, undeserved favor. The grace of God is the source of all the believer ever receives The grace of God is appropriated by faith, by believing God's revelation. That's biblical faith. And the grace of God is sufficient for all things. As 2 Corinthians 12, 9 tells us, as God told Paul, my grace is sufficient for all this, as he called and asked him to take away that thorn in the flesh, that tent stake. He says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Sufficient. Amen. So be it. (laughs) You remember David was restored to the kingdom. Absalom did not prevail. I have seen God protect this church for 30 years. I'm very aware of the situations that he has, and I'm sure I am ignorant of many times that he did protect us and I have no idea about. But we're to do our part and trust him and look to him 
and God works it out. We must always mark those who cause divisions. If you do not repent, then you're to have no fellowship with them. Listen to 2 Thessalonians 3, 14 through 15. If anyone does not obey our words of this epistle, note that person and do not keep company with him, that he may be ashamed. Do not count him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. You're looking for repentance. But there must be correction. We're to mark the example of those who lead and obey and submit to them only according to the authority given in Scripture for the good of the people. Listen to Hebrews 13, 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. If your children submit to you, it's a joy to live in the same home. If they don't, it's unprofitable. (laughs) Simple. We must all do all things scripturally. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, profitable for doctrine, for reproof, correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto every good work. You want to be a godly person? Get in the word of God. You want to be a lawyer? Go to law school. You want to be a dentist? Go to dental school. You want to be a Christian? The Bible. I'm amazed how many books Christians read over the Bible today. And they get bad theology from people that write bad books. Every book you read, you have to sift it through the Bible. Let the Word of God saturate you. Then when you read a commentary, you sift it through the Bible. We're promised that God will enable us. Listen to Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now unto him who is able to exceedingly do abundantly above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church of Jesus Christ, Jesus, all generations forever and ever. Here it is again. Amen. So be it. We must always remember the words of Jesus to Peter. Listen carefully. Matthew 16, 18. And this is when he declared he was the son of God. There was a Philippi. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. Here's the key. And the gates of Hades or hell will not prevail against you. Gates don't fight. It's the authority and power of Satan. They will not prevail against the church. If we are obedient, if we are mature, if we are responsible, when we look to God and depend upon his enabling and trust the word of God, he will protect his church. You understand? But if we're negligent, we will be casualties like many others. Very important. What a better way for us to present our bodies as living sacrifices as he pleased there in Romans 12, 1 and 2. To correct and to avoid those who attempt to divide the body of Christ in order to bring about their agendas. Mm. The confidence in the defeat of divisive people is certain, absolutely certain. And so here you have the command of Paul regarding those who would cause trouble, dissensions, and many other things in the church characterized by these three things. The command against divisive people is straight and to the point. Don't be afraid to be straight and to the point. Let me give you a geometry axiom. The shortest distance between two points is a straight line. I don't have time to waste. People are going to hell. Jesus is coming, and I'm getting old. I don't have time to waste. The condemnation against the vice of people is strong. And so it should be. We're looking for repentance, not mere castigation. 
confidence in the defeat of divisive people is certain. That gives me great hope. Hope in God. Not in me. Pastor Xavier Reese and the purpose and promise of confronting attempts to divide the church. A fitting end to our series of studies drawn from Paul's letters to the Romans. Now you can hear this message again if you like online anytime by selecting today's date under the radio tab at calvarychapelpasadena.com. But you can also request a CD copy of this timely study titled People of Divisions and Offenses. As always, they're available for just $4. And this will include everything we heard the last time we were together as well. So, once again, the title to ask for is People of Divisions and Offenses, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Again, that's Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 